Thank you, Pastor Smith and brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you again for the joy of sharing the good news of our Savior Jesus here again at St. Paul on this special holiday weekend. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus. Are you familiar with these words? We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, they endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. Chief among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We therefore, the representatives of the United States of America and General Congress assembled, appealing to the supreme judge of the world for the rectitude of our intentions, do solemnly publish and declare that these united colonies are free and independent States. Are you familiar with those words? Those are words, of course, from our Declaration of Independence, dated July 4th, 1776. And that, friends, our independence as a nation, our freedom, if you will, is what we celebrate this week. And yet, on the other hand, to declare ourselves free is one thing. To actually be free is another. To actually win our freedom. Our founding fathers understood that. They understood that to win freedom would require a difficult journey of faith. And that's why they concluded the Declaration of Independence with these words. For the support of this declaration, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. Well, like our founding fathers, so our spiritual father Abraham was called to take a difficult journey of faith. We heard about him in that first lesson read from Romans chapter 4. I want to focus on it with you this morning and read again two verses, verses 23 and 24. They're up here on the screen in front of us. Would you join me and let's read them together. The words it was credited to him were written not for him alone, but also for us, to whom God will credit righteousness. For us who believe in him, who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. This is the word of the Lord. And so this week as we celebrate our independence as a nation, our freedom, let's focus together on the faith of our fathers. And to guide us again, I put a brief outline in your worship folder. It's on page four if you want to turn there and use it, and we'll journey together. But the first thing I want us to catch from the scripture is this. Number one, faith is a matter of trust. A matter of trust. Friends, when you hear that word faith, what comes to your mind? Do you think of something like the Apostles' Creed, a statement of faith in our triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? 
Well, that's good. That's important. Faith has content. We can't believe something we don't know. But on the other hand, faith is far more than just knowledge. For example, when the communists took over South Vietnam in 1975, a man by the name of Hein Pham made plans to escape. He secretly began building a boat. Fifty-three of his fellow villagers planned to escape with him. Then one day, four Viet Cong soldiers came to his house. They said they had heard a rumor that he was planning an escape, and they wanted to know whether that rumor was true. Pham lied. He was afraid that if he told the truth, the soldiers would kill him and arrest his 53 friends. Well, thankfully, the soldiers left, but Pham felt guilty. Did God really want him to lie? Did he not trust God that God would protect him if he told the truth? Well, Pham resolved that if those soldiers ever returned, he would trust God and tell the truth. Friends, if you were in Pham's place, what would you do? Would you also lie? Or would you trust God and tell the truth? Well, Abraham believed in the existence of God. But for Abraham, faith was far more than just head knowledge. God came to Abraham and said this in Genesis chapter 12, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. What did Abraham do? Well, Genesis Chapter 12, verse 4 goes on to say, So Abraham went as the Lord had told him to do. Friends, that's faith. Faith trusts. Faith trusts God's word and obeys. Faith trusts God's promise and steps forward. Again, do you believe that God exists? That's important. I'm glad you do. But faith is far more than just head knowledge. Faith trusts. Faith trusts God's word of promise. What promise? Well, God's promise to be with us always, even to the end of the age. God's promise to provide us this day our daily bread, all we need to support our body and life. But most of all, God's promise to send us that Savior from sin and death we need through Abraham and the nation God would build through Abraham. Yes, faith is a matter of trust. Here's the second thing I want us to catch, the second thing on your outline. Faith trusts God's grace. Faith trusts God's 
grace. So why did God call Abraham from among all the people of the world in that day? Was Abraham better than everyone else? Did Abraham in some way earn God's favor to be called? Well, the answer is a big no. Abraham was an imperfect person as we all are imperfect people. Abraham had his faults and failings as all of us have our faults and failings. No, rather, God called Abraham by grace. That is, by love undeserved. God called Abraham from among all the people on earth at that time. By love undeserved, God promised to build from Abraham a great nation. And Abraham trusted God's grace. Listen again to the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 4, beginning at verse 19. He writes, without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was a hundred years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he promised. One night, Stan Gade invited his 16-year-old cousin, Paul, to go on a drive with him. As Stan and Paul drove over a hill in the road, Stan had a swerve to avoid some road construction. Unfortunately, as he did, he collided with an oncoming car head-on. Stan's car was totaled. Stan suffered cuts and broken bones. He spent the night in surgery and days following in intensive care. Finally, when his condition stabilized, his father broke to him the news that his cousin Paul was dead. Then his dad said, your aunt and uncle want to see you. Well, Stan was in pain. Not just the physical pain of his injuries, but now the pain of knowing that he was responsible for his cousin's death. His jaw was wired shut, so he could only watch as his aunt and uncle walked into his room. His aunt took him by the hand, smiled, and said, Now you're our son, too. Stan said, those are words I'll always remember because they are not words I deserved. They were words of grace. Friends, that's grace. Grace is the love we don't deserve. Grace is the love God continues to give us even though we rebel against his authority each day and disobey his commands. Grace is the love God gives us, especially in his one and only Son, that Savior he sent us, Jesus. 
Yes, God's grace is for his son Jesus to leave behind his glory in heaven and come here to this earth to be born in our human flesh as one of us. Grace is Jesus keeping all of God's commands perfectly for us and then suffering the punishment we deserve for breaking them all. God's grace is Jesus earning forgiveness for our sin by his sacrificial death on that cross at Calvary and then winning for us the hope of an eternal life by his resurrection from the grave on that Easter morning. Faith trusts this grace, God's grace to us in our Savior Jesus. Faith trusts the forgiveness for sin Jesus earned by his death and that eternal life he won for us by his resurrection. Faith trusts God's grace as God's Holy Spirit works in our hearts through his word we hear in the scriptures as well as his sacraments that we receive through baptism and the Lord's Supper. Listen again to Paul, verse 16 of chapter 4 in Romans. Therefore the promise comes by faith, so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham. He is the father of us all. Yes, faith trusts God's grace. Here's the last thing on your outline I want us to catch today. Faith makes the difference. Faith makes the difference. If you listen to Paul, or if you know the story in Genesis, you know that Abraham and Sarah were an unlikely couple. Abraham was 75 years old when God called him, and Sarah, his wife, was 65. They had never been able to conceive a child. It seems like life had passed them by. And yet God called. And Abraham trusted God's grace. As Genesis chapter 12 verse 4 says, and Abraham went. Yes, Abraham left his home and followed God on a great journey of faith. And so God made Abraham's name great. A name that is still honored today, not only by us Christians, but by Jews and Muslims alike. God built from Abraham a great nation, beginning with Isaac, and then Jacob, and finally that great nation, Israel. And most important of all, God made Abraham a worldwide blessing. Because from Abraham finally came that promised Savior, Jesus, who is a Savior for you and for me and for the whole wide world. Yes, faith made the difference for Abraham. And so, friends, my question to you is, does faith make the difference for you? in your life? 
Well, maybe you think you've missed out on your chance to do something special, something significant in life. Maybe you think that life has already passed you by. Maybe you even think that you're too old now. But listen again to what God says through the Apostle Paul. Romans chapter 4, verse 23 and 24. The words it was credited to him were written not for him alone, but also for us. For us, to whom God will credit righteousness. For us who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. Yes, through faith in Jesus, God makes the difference in our lives. Through faith in Jesus, God makes the difference in our relationships. Through faith in Jesus, he gives us a right relationship with him as children of our Heavenly Father and a new relationship with one another as brothers and sisters in Christ who love one another. Kind of like this uh, picture on the bottom left corner. Those are four of my grandchildren. I brought them here to St. Paul last summer for vacation Bible school. I got them out of the car over there in the parking lot, and before I could even turn around to give them instructions on what to do and what not to do, I turned and they had joined hands and were happily skipping off across the parking lot to VBS. A sight like that cheers the heart of a grandfather. And I believe as God, our Heavenly Father, looks down on us, that's exactly what he wants to see. Us joining hands with one another in love to serve the Lord and serve one another in the Lord's name. Or, through faith in Jesus, God makes the difference in our purpose. As Christians, we don't simply make a living Rather, God gives us a new life with an eternal purpose of sharing his love in our Savior Jesus with others. And so he makes us into a blessing. Kind of like our kindergarten children, top left corner, are a blessing when they ring God's praises in chapel and in worship. Or in the bottom right corner, when Bill Ott and Bob Blodgett went with us a couple years ago on that mission hip trip to Haiti and blessed the children who live in a desperate situation there with the good news of the Savior who loves them and then fed them a nutritious meal, maybe the only decent meal they would eat all week. Through faith in Jesus, God makes the difference in our power. The top right picture is a picture of my five-year-old grandson, Christian. He will enter kindergarten here at St. Paul this fall. Well, he just earned his orange belt in karate. He's powerful, and I'm not going to mess with him. <laughs> I don't know karate. But God gives us a greater power. He gives us his divine power, his Holy Spirit power, so that we might be empowered to fulfill that eternal purpose God gives us of sharing God's love in our Savior Jesus with others so that the best years are still ahead of us. Yes, through faith in Jesus, God makes the difference in our lives. Faith made the difference in the life of Hein Pham. Do you remember him? 
He secretly was building a boat to escape communist Vietnam. And his 53 friends were going to escape with him. Well, suddenly those four Viet Cong soldiers came back. Once again, they said to him, is that rumor we've heard of your plan to escape true? This time, Pham decided to trust God and tell the truth, that he indeed was planning to escape. Well, imagine Pham's surprise when there's four soldiers said to him, take us with you. And so that night, Pham, his 53 friends, and those four Viet Cong soldiers boarded his homemade boat to make their escape from communism. But that, friends, is not the end of the story. For that night, they sailed into a violent storm. Pham says all of them would surely have been lost at sea if it were not for the expert sailing skill of, would you believe it, those four soldiers. Due to those soldiers' expert sailing skill, this boat of refugees made it through the storm and landed safely in Thailand. And today, Pham has made his way here to the US, where he has found freedom. Yes, faith makes the difference. Well, friends, faith made the difference in the life of one of our founding fathers, George Washington. General George Washington, if you remember your history, was the commander of our Continental Army during the Revolutionary War. It was his task, his call, to make the Declaration of Independence a reality by winning our freedom from Great Britain. It was a difficult task, a long journey of faith that took some seven years. Well, the year after the Declaration, during the winter of 1777, our army was camped outside the city of Philadelphia at a place called Valley Forge. Our soldiers lacked food and proper clothing. Thousands of them died. Well, Washington knelt in the snow and prayed this prayer for our new nation. I'd like to make it our closing prayer, and still a prayer today for our nation, and I've placed it on the bottom of that outline on page four if you want to follow along, but let us pray. Almighty God, we make our earnest prayer that thou wilt keep the United States in thy holy protection that thou wilt incline the hearts of the citizens to cultivate a spirit of obedience to government and entertain a brotherly affection for one another. And finally, that thou wilt most graciously be pleased to dispose us all to do justice, to love mercy, and to demean ourselves with that charity 
and humility, which were the characteristics of the divine author of our blessed religion. Without a humble imitation of whose example in these things, we can never hope to be a happy nation. Grant our supplication through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And all God's people said, Amen. And now may the peace of God that surpasses our human understanding keep our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen. We sing. <laughs>